0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, September 23rd. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. The State Health Department reported only one new coronavirus infection in Sitka on Tuesday. That makes 36 new infections in Sitka over the last seven days, so the community will remain in high alert. To drop below high, Sitka would have to record nine or fewer cases in a week. Sitka has now reported 1,066 resident and non-resident cases of COVID-19. Additionally, almost 82% of the eligible population over 12 years old has been fully vaccinated. That's 6,055 vaccinated residents. Free vaccines are available in the community through Harry Race Pharmacy and Search. One person was hospitalized yesterday in Sitka with COVID-19. And previously, KCW News reported that the state had identified a fourth Sitka death from the virus, which was shortly amended back to three. KCW reached out to the Department of Health and Social Services for confirmation of the change, and the state is now listing the fourth death again, a male Sitka resident in his 50s. Elsewhere in Alaska, the pandemic is still generating records. Over 1,200 infections were reported in the state yesterday, 200 people remain hospitalized, and one person died. However, the state's vaccination rate is making modest progress, with 58 percent of eligible Alaskans, or 352,000 residents, now fully vaccinated. Dave Miller, Rachel Moreno, and Kevin Mosher joined KCAW via Zoom on Tuesday for a Sitka Assembly candidate forum. Candidates answered listener questions on a variety of issues, from the coronavirus and tourism to indigenous land acknowledgments.
1: KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The issue at the forefront of many Sitkin's minds, mask mandates. Do the candidates support them now, and would they continue to support mandates should they be elected? And the candidates were on the same page for the most part. Kevin Mosher, the incumbent, plans to vote in favor of an updated mask mandate when the Sitka Assembly meets next week. If it passes, it will go into effect through March of 2022 and will be activated anytime Sitka is in high COVID alert.
2: You know, a year ago, I wouldn't have voted yes on this, but um, I believe that it's really important to to learn and, and pay attention to what's going on and um, Uh, yeah, my position has evolved. I I believe that um, this is important and I I don't think it's too heavy-handed.
1: While candidates seeking assembly seats won't be able to weigh in on the updated mandate at the assembly table, Rachel Moreno said if elected, she would support mask mandates in the future. I would totally support it. When we're in the high zone, that is a big, big indication that this is something we're not controlling. Um, We're losing a battle. And so as we come and go from red to yellow to green, if we take care of ourselves, we have a chance to go back down to a low risk level. Dave Miller said he supports the mask mandate now, but felt the lack of enforceability was an issue for some Sitkins who don't support it and would like the Assembly to consider a different approach.
2: I think if the Assembly could come together as a strong body and say, Our recommendation is that we should wear masks. We recommend that everybody wear masks. We recommend that the businesses in town require masks, and they can do that. Um, I think that may also have a strong effect on maybe some of those folks that don't want to be told what to do. We're just asking them to do it.
1: Candidates also discussed school funding, what the Assembly can do to prepare for an anticipated rush of cruise ships next summer, and what the Assembly can do to expedite the marine haul-out project at the Gary Paxton Industrial Park. Early voting is open weekdays at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Election Day itself in Sitka will be Tuesday, October 5th. You can listen to our entire
0: election forum with candidates for Assembly on our website at kcw.org. Tune in at 6.30 p.m. tonight to hear a forum with candidates for Sitka School Board. You can send in questions for the candidates in advance to news at kcw.org. Although they seem like small potatoes, municipal elections in Alaska can be a big deal for communities. In Sitka, for instance, voters will be advising the Assembly on whether or not to sell the former Sitka Community Hospital building to search. That's a decision that will affect many people. But in Petersburg, there is a ballot question that would only affect two people—whether the remote Frederick Point East subdivision should remain within the city's high-tax boundaries. Whatever the outcome, the only remaining year-round residents of that area are stocked up for another winter of beauty, quiet, and isolation. KFSK's Joe Nikki reports.
2: Water from a nearby creek drops from a perched sluiceway onto a water wheel made of scrap wood. Don and Jenny Cummins installed that wheel several years ago for boosting their cell phone signal. Their firewood is stacked for the winter inside a covered porch with vegetables sprouting from planter boxes and colorful nasturtiums growing above. You know, just because we live in the woods doesn't mean you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> or live like the bears.
1: <laughs>
2: He's 77, she's 73. The high school sweethearts have been married 55 years. When we were dating, which we dated four years before we got married, and, and uh, when we were dating, we'd write letters back and forth. And one of the letters he wrote, he says, I have two goals in life. I would like to learn to play the five-string banjo, and I would like to move to Alaska and build a log house. <laughs> did so, you did the banjo too? Or? Yeah. Well, I don't play very good, but okay. I, do, I do have one. <laughs> he does play. Okay. They built log homes in Alaska, too. This was their seventh and last one. Logs for it came from Kupernoff Island. They won this land in a state lottery in 1985 and had to improve it and live on it in order to keep it. At the moment, the Cummins are the only year-round residents of the area. It's about a mile walk uphill through Muskegon Timber to get to the nearest Forest Road. Many years, snow covers the road by the winter time. On the north end, the borough only plows to the end of Frederick Point North, another subdivision. That's about four or five miles away. It does receive some utilities and emergency services, but the road by Frederick Point East isn't plowed, and the Cummins say they're snowbound for sometimes up to six months. So in those cases, we stock our pantry, and we pile our, get our firewood in, and, and then we just hole up basically. Uh, if we get a good day on the sound, maybe once a once a month, probably in the winter time, we'll maybe run to town and get our fresh groceries and check our mail. Other than that, we just are snowed in. Last winter, a heavy snow year, they say the road was covered by Thanksgiving weekend and they didn't drive out again until May 18th. The Cummins and the owners of the other lots at Frederick Point East are on the ballot this year. Their property tax rate is the same as downtown Petersburg. So, doesn't really seem fair, but, you know. (laughs) know, This is is a roadless area out here, it's it's wilderness. It's the same as Point I or or, uh, Thomas Bay. And we feel that we ought to be in that same classification. The property owners say they should pay the same lower rate as the greater borough because they receive no police or fire coverage, snow plowing, garbage or other services. According to tax records on the borough's website, if the proposition passes, the Cummins would save a little over $100 a year on their tax bill. Others who don't claim a senior tax exemption there would save more. Based on tax rates from 2021, the borough stands to lose a little over $9,000 a year if the ballot measure passes. The question nearly didn't make it on the ballot this year, with the borough assembly split over whether it's a good idea. Jay Stanton-Gregor voted no when the assembly agreed to put it on the ballot, and he's already voted against it at the polls. For lack of a better way to phrase it, who else wants to secede from the union? Be like, no we don't want to pay more property taxes either which i get nobody wants to pay more than they have to that's a fair and reasonable argument that said though we have services uh, school etc roads like we all pay our fair share and i wouldn't want to see other neighborhoods or districts want to do the same. I think it could set a bad precedent. Opponents say lack of services for the remote land is already reflected in lower tax valuation, but supporters say that land is assessed at its true market value as required by local and state law, and they say they're not getting any special break. For the ballot proposition to pass, it must clear two hurdles. It needs support of a majority of voters who reside within Frederick Point East. The Cummins say they're the only ones who currently live there year-round. The borough's clerk, however, says two others are still on the voter rolls for the state of Alaska as living there, even though they've moved. That means three of those four will have to complete a ballot and vote yes, along with a majority of voters within Service Area 1. If either one doesn't happen, the change won't go through. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki.
0: And on the Sitka community calendar for today, the Sitka Health Summit Planning Day is virtually 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. today. The Sitka Outreach and Support Lifeline Group invites the public to its Project Homeless Connect meeting 2 p.m. today on Zoom. The Sitka Annual Nonprofit Grant Awards Committee meets at 6 p.m. today at Harrigan Centennial Hall. And the Sitka School Board Candidate Forum is 6.30 p.m. today on KCAW and on the Raven Radio YouTube site. In our weather for today, it'll be windy with rain, highs in the mid-50s, and southeast winds 20 to 30 miles an hour, with gusts to around 45 miles an hour. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.